The following content is provided to you as a ministry of Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters, a high-adventure Christian wilderness camp in Andrews, North Carolina. Snowbird Wilderness Outfitters exist to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ through the exposition of Scripture and personal relationships in order to equip the church to impact this generation. For more information, visit our website at swoutfitters.com or follow us on Twitter using the handle at SnowbirdSwo. Enjoy the message. Amen. Y'all survived skiing last night? That's good. Wasn't too cold either, was it? That's kind of nice. You aren't up there freezing. Turn to Hebrews 4. Hebrews chapter 4. Now, Hebrews is way over towards the back of your Bible. I'm actually going to read from Hebrews 4, and we're going to look at Hebrews 1 also. So, real quick review. Uh, first off, is everybody awake? Y'all good? It's been a long weekend. All the moms and dads and leaders are like, no. You just want to get that first Starbucks and get some espresso shots, right? <laughs> Let me kick you out of it. Um, so everybody's good, though? Y'all tired? You feeling, you feeling all right? Y'all going to sleep on the way home? Some of you got to drive a long way, so I know you're going to sleep. So let's study the Bible together just for a few minutes this morning. Let's finish this last picture from the Old Testament, which is the, the picture of the priest. You ever heard the word priest? Now, when you think about a priest, you, you probably think about um, in the Catholic Church. We know that, for, like in our day, that's what we know most about. If you, if you know what a priest is, you know they have the little, the little uh, shirt with the white little collar that goes around. Y'all know what I'm talking about? You've seen that in movies. Or maybe you grew up, some of you have grown up in the Catholic Church. So we think about a priest, we think about a Catholic priest. A little different in the, in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament. For one, uh, it was a different... It was a completely different system and a completely different church. And so we want to look at that because that's the, kind of the final, the final thing we want to look at in terms of how we see Jesus in the Old Testament. So we've seen him as the, the prophet. He's the final prophet through whom the Lord has spoken. We've seen him as the king of kings. We saw him as the savior on the cross as the serpent was lifted up and, and the people would gaze on the serpent and be saved. When we look to the cross of Christ, we're saved. And all of that is under what we saw the first night, which is the old covenant, which was God's promise that he was going to prepare the world to receive a savior. He's going to save us from our sin. Okay. So we're going to look at the priest. So in Hebrews chapter four, let me read you. Uh, we're going to, we're going to actually look at two or three verses, but we're going to start in verse 14. And I want to help you understand what a priest was. There are two types of priests we're going to look at. Just a, a plain old priest and a high priest. There's two. There's two different types of priests that, that worked in the Old Covenant. Okay, Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. Since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. So, so what is the difference between a priest and a high priest? Well, the high priest would make special offerings to God, special works or sacrifices to God on behalf of the people. Now, here is what the main job of a priest or a high priest was to do. The high priest and the priest were to go before the Lord. They were to go before the presence of Yahweh on behalf of the people. And they were to plead the case or the cause of the people. So if you, like, kind of like in our society, kind of like how an attorney or a lawyer would go before a judge on a person's behalf. Not quite exactly like that, but that kind of gives us an idea. And so a prophet, you remember, would take the word of the Lord. So here, let me kind of act this out. It's like a little skit. Y'all ever play charades when you're little? Okay. So we're going to play charades. So I'm going to pretend like I'm the prophet. 
So the Lord, this would represent the presence of the Lord, okay? So I would go here before the presence of the Lord. The Lord would, I would commune with the Lord. We would talk. The Lord would give me a word. I would then turn and I would come and stand before the people. And I would say, this is what the Lord says. And then I would tell you what the Lord said. Make sense? All right. Now, watch this. Here's what a priest would do. It's the reverse side of that. The priest would come before the people and sort of gather the sins of the people and turn around and take them to the presence of the Lord and lay them before the Lord and then take blood from an animal and offer that blood as a, as a blood sacrifice to deal with the sins of the people. So the prophet would take the Lord's word and come to the people and represent the Lord to the people. The priest would rep, take the people's sin and represent the people before the Lord. Make sense? Y'all with me? Okay. So prophets and priests were sort of doing the same job on different sides. So, okay, so, so why then in the Old Covenant, all through the Old Testament, why did we have prophets and priests and kings, but this morning specifically prophets and priests? Well, we're being reminded throughout history that God is unreachable. God, because of our sin, we can't get to God. Like a man couldn't get to God. We can't just walk into the presence of God and start talking to him. He was, he was in a place we couldn't get to him. And so we needed people that would go before us and in between God and us and communicate on our behalf. So that's what was happening. Now, the problem with this was that priests were just like the people. They're just like a priest was not, was not any better than the people he was representing. So in our day, for instance, the pastor at your church, the youth pastor, I'm a pastor. I preached at my church last night and it was very... It was very encouraging to be in my church with, my, with our people and to be in the presence of God's people. But I'm no different than the people sitting in the seats. I'm just a dude, you know, that loves Jesus. I got a little bit of a different calling on my life and the fact God's called me to pastor. But, but God hasn't called me to be like super Christian or, or more holy than he's called you. As Christians, we're all called to be Christ followers. Well, in the olden days, it was the same way. In the old covenant, the priests were no different than the people. Because watch this. This is crazy. So I'm the priest, and I take your sins, and I go over here, and I take the animal, and I take the blood from the animal, and I sprinkle it there before the, the Lord, and I, and I ask him to forgive the sins of the people. Well, why would I use that blood? Because blood gives life, right? Blood gives life. Any of you have, I have, I have veins that stick out of my arm. I get that from my mom. My mom's real real veiny okay do you ever you ever have the blood cut off in the veins like you fall asleep on your arm a funny way i have this uh sleep app that i turn on sometimes on my phone and it tracks the quality of my sleep because i don't sleep good i'm not a good sleeper i'm a i'm, I'm a high energy person some of y'all probably like that but usually when kids are high energy and they go to sleep they just crash well i'm just going 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 then i get down in the bed and i'm like my brain's just going 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 like that so sometimes I'll, I'll turn on the sleep app. I don't do it every night because it's discouraging. So I do about two nights a week. But last night I was so tired, y'all, smashed. I mean, it was like preach Friday night. Pre you can't understand how tired you get from preaching except for the preachers and the youth pastors and pastors here. It, or teachers, school teachers can tell you. It's exhausting. And so last night I was like, I'm going to turn that sleep app on. I turned it on. I got in bed early last night because y'all were gone. So I wasn't here late. I went to bed at like, I say early, I went to bed at 1030 which is phenomenal. Like, that never happens for me. So I got in bed at 10.30. I went, boom, right to sleep. Okay? I'm a side sleeper. Anybody else side sleepers? Okay, good. I'm a side sleeper. And I'm a, little calls me pillow boy. 
because I got pillows all around me. I got one between my ankles. I got one between my knee. I got one right here. I'm, I'm laid up with one. I got one under my head. I got pillows. And then I slide one. I got like five pillows. I got one right up behind my back. And I'm good to go. Okay, so I go to sleep at 1030. I set my alarm for 6 o'clock. Okay, because my kids had school today. Y'all are lucky, man. My kids had to go to school today. So I had to get up and get everybody, we had to get everybody off of school. So I go to sleep like this. Bam, I'm out. I'm just out. Well, I wake up at 6 o'clock in the same position, and everything's numb on the side of my body. Like, literally, my left butt cheek was numb. My whole left leg was numb. My right arm, I mean, my left uh, arm was numb. Everything's just kind of like, and I drooled, you know? Like, I was, it was a bad, it, it was like, it was bad. And I got the, I was like, I don't see how that thing, it shows you a graph. Okay, this is funny. The sleep app, it goes, it shows you sort of a graph of when you're in like deep sleep and when you're sleeping lighter. And most nights it kind of goes like this, you know, and then deep sleep. And it'll stay down here and then you'll kind of come out of it a little bit and then deep sleep and you come out of it. And nights when you're real restless, it'll be like boom, boom. It stays up real high. And then it gives you a percentage of sleep quality. Well, I don't ever get out of the set like 70% is about what I'll get on a good night. Well, last night the, the graph went just like this. Boom, and then it stayed like this for, for seven and a half hours, and then it went, whoop, and I woke up, okay? So it's got a little note on there, and it says, warning, not enough movement to record proper data, <laughs> and, I, and I think it was saying, you might be dead, you know, it's like, and I was like, oh yeah, I was sleeping really hard last night, man, I was out, so, but, but when I woke up, man, I couldn't move my arm or my leg. I was just like, oh, it's so painful, you know. It's the, and the blood starts coming back into it, and all those little needles are stabbing you. Okay, it's because blood brings life, doesn't it? Blood brings life. So the priest, he, he takes the sin of the people. He goes over here. He puts the blood out here on the altar, and that blood is, is like it's the thing that gives life, and it's covering the sin of the people. Now watch this. And the blood comes from a sacrificial animal that serves as a substitute some big words for you i like big bible words okay so the animal is a sacrifice that serves as a substitute so it's your sin but the animal dies to pay for the sin with me the priest now watch this the problem is remember we said the priest is just like you just like me he, the priest ain't special so the priest got to kill an animal to cover his own sin then take blood and cover the people's sin. So the priest, he's all jacked up, man. He's like, I can't do this wrong. And God told him, if you do this wrong, I'll kill you. You jack this up, I will kill you. Like back in the old days, you think, man, I bet they didn't have no priests running around with their wives and stuff like that. I will kill you dead. So the priest had to go in there with his heart pure before the Lord or it was going to be bad. Okay? Well, Jesus was the sacrifice. In the Old Testament, the priest and the animals and all that was foreshadowing, that's that word again, what Jesus was going to do. But what Hebrews is telling us, we have a great high priest who's passed through the heavens. Jesus, if you read the book of Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 1 says that after, in Hebrews chapter 1, in the first seven verses, it says, after he made purification for sins, he sat down at the right hand of the Father. That's because Jesus, he shed his own blood. He was the sacrifice. He was the substitute, and he was the priest. So all through the years, these priests were killing these animals and putting that blood on the altar to cover the sin of the people. Jesus is like, no, we're not going to do that anymore. In fact, in the book of Hebrews, it'll go on and tell us that there would no longer be the need for the blood of bulls and goats and animals. 
Jesus was the ultimate high priest. He was the ultimate sacrifice. He was the, his blood was shed to cover our sins. The problem in the olden days and in the old covenant was that a lot of these priests, we said a while ago, you'd think, man, I bet a priest wouldn't mess this up. But you know what? They did. You had priests that got it all wrong. I want to look at a couple of those. Just like we looked at, we've looked at some examples of prophets and we've looked at some examples of kings. Let's look at some examples of priests. Leviticus chapter 10. These guys were the sons of the first real priest that ever served in the old system. The first priest to ever serve in the old system was named Aaron. <clears throat> so Aaron was a priest. Now Aaron had these two sons, Leviticus 10.1, Nadab and Abihu are their names. Now Nadab and Abihu, the sons of Aaron, each took his censer and put fire in it and laid incense on it. Remember yesterday when we talked about yesterday when we talked about incense, like the burning of incense, how that was to, to bring a fragrant offering of, of smell to the Lord in the middle of all the blood and death. So these guys are going to go into the temple. One of the jobs that a priest would have and do is he would burn incense. These guys go in there and they burn, they lay incense on it and they offer unauthorized fire before the Lord. We don't know, I don't know what they did wrong, y'all, but they did something wrong. They did something they weren't supposed to do before the Lord. And fire came out from before the Lord and consumed them, and they died before Yahweh. So here you got a couple of priests. They made a terrible mistake. So now imagine, imagine if you're those priests. You're like, hey, yeah, yeah, what? these are guys that, you know, I don't know, were they like tired of listening to the people's sin and complain? What, what do you guys do this time? Yeah, all right, whatever, okay. Lord, and they're dead. I don't know if it was like their attitude. I don't know if it was they had some personal sin in their own lives. They had stolen or they had done something ugly or they had been unfaithful. I, I don't know. But they, we see in that passage that the, the priests of old in the Old Testament, as they foreshadowed Christ, they weren't perfect priests and sometimes they made terrible mistakes. Jesus, as our high priest, never made a mistake. In our text, in Hebrews 4, Back to Hebrews 4. In Hebrews 4, it says that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Watch this. I love this passage. This is one of my favorite passages. Let us hold fast to our confession, for we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. So did Jesus face the same temptations you and I face? Yeah. Did he face the temptations those guys, Nadab and Abihu in Leviticus 10 faced? Yeah, but he didn't give in to it. There was never a chance that Jesus was going to be condemned or burned alive with fire because he had been an unfaithful priest. He's perfect in every way. But now, we don't know what those guys did wrong, but we do know that they weren't perfect. Now, let me show you another, another priest. Go to, or you can look on the screen. You don't have to because these are little bitty books of the Bible that are hard to find. Zechariah chapter 3. Zechariah chapter 3. This is a priest named Joshua. Now listen what the Bible tells us about Joshua. Then he showed me Joshua, the high priest, standing before the angel of the Lord, and Satan standing at his right hand to accuse him. And the Lord said to Satan, The Lord rebuke you, O Satan. The Lord who has chosen Jerusalem rebuke you. Is not this a brand plucked from the fire? Now Joshua was standing before the angel clothed with filthy garments. And the angel said to those who were standing before him, remove the filthy, filthy garments from him. And he said to him, behold, I have taken your iniquity away from you 
and I will clothe you with pure vestments. And I said, let them put a clean turban on his head. So they put a clean turban on his head and clothed them with garments. And the angel of the Lord was standing by. Here's what he's saying. Here's a priest who was a good and faithful man. But when you really see him for who he is, he needed the Lord to make him righteous. He needed the Lord. So it's a symbolic picture. That passage I just read, you might kind of be going, what in the world? Well, here's what it is. It's this vision. It's this picture. And this man who is the high priest, he's a good and faithful high priest. And he's standing before the Lord. And we get to sort of see this symbolic picture of him that he's actually just a sinner. He's a sinful man who's become a priest. And it's another reminder that that the priests of old needed their sins to be covered too. But Jesus is your priest, and he never sinned. We just read it in Hebrews 4. He was tempted in every way, yet was without sin. So when he died, his death provides salvation to us because he doesn't need a sacrifice made for himself. Jesus is perfect, y'all. He never sinned. He never sinned. Now, I want to look at one other priest, actually a group of priests, in the book of Malachi. Malachi chapter 1, verse, verse 6. A son honors his father and a servant his master. If then I am a father, where's my honor? And if I'm a master, where's my fear? Says the Lord of hosts to you, O priests who despise my name. But you say, how have we despised your name? So now this guy's... This guy, Malachi, is a prophet. So you all know what a prophet is, right? We know that now. So this prophet, sometimes you see this happen. Now, this is intense. This prophet is going to the priests, and he's hammering them, man. He's like, you guys are out of line. Now, why are these priests out of line? Well, he's going to tell us why. He said, he said, you've despised the name of the Lord. Verse 7, by offering polluted food on the altar. But you say, how we polluted you? By saying the Lord's table may be despised when you offer blind animals and sacrifice. Is that not evil? And when you offer those that are lame or sick, is that not evil? Present that to your governor. Will he accept you or show you favor, says the Lord of hosts? And now entreat the favor of the Lord that he may be gracious to us with such a gift from your hand. What's, what, is, what is going on here? Well, these priests are offering sacrifices, and if you go in and you read the next two or three chapters, here's what they're doing. Watch this. These priests are bad dudes. They're going to the people and saying, okay, let me get y'all sin, all right? And they come over here, and they're supposed to take the animal that they're going to sacrifice, and it's supposed to be a perfect, like, animal that doesn't have blemish, an animal that's been very well cared for and groomed and taken care of. It's not supposed to have, like, nicks or cuts. Uh, it's supposed to have, like, perfect eyesight, perfect here. It's got to be a perfect animal. Okay, well, those perfect animals are worth more money on the market. So what these priests are doing, they're taking the perfect animals and they're making money off of them and they're taking the animals that aren't worth anything and they're offering them as sacrifices to God. It's just a picture that, that the priests were out of line and the sacrifices weren't sufficient. Well, Jesus is a perfect priest and he's a perfect sacrifice. You guys see that? See it? See what's going on here? Back to Hebrews 4. So there's pictures in the Old Testament of what the old, old priests in the olden days would do. So let's go back to Hebrews 4 and, and let's finish this out. So it says that we have a, a high priest who is able to sympathize with our weakness and in every respect has been tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. All right, this is what it all comes down to, practical application. Do you in your life, ever just need a little help? Yeah. 
It is an old song. I get by with a little help from a friend. You ever hear that old song? That's like before my time. That's how old that is. And I'm old. Sometimes you need help. Sometimes you need help in school. Sometimes you need help with, with the temptation you face. Sometimes if you t- try to take a stand for Jesus, do people, do people give you a hard time? Yeah. Sometimes if you don't go along with the things that other people are doing, are you going to be sort of seen in a different light? Is it hard to be a Christian and live in this world today? Yeah, man, it's hard to be a Christian. It ain't easy. It ain't easy being a Christian. You're going to need help. Are you going to need a little help when your folks split up or when your granddaddy or grandmama dies from cancer? You're going to need a little help in that hour, in that moment, in that situation? Yeah, you're going to need some help. You're going to need some help when, God forbid, but if it happens, one of your friends dies in a car wreck. You're going to need some help when one of your friends turns their back on you and gossips and says ugly things about you. You're going to need some help when you confide in somebody and you tell them something that that they swore to you that they would be your best friend and keep your secret and never tell anybody else. And then they go and they tell other people and they spread things about you. You're going to need some help to get through that. Yeah, you're going to need some help. And he's saying, because Jesus is our high priest, we have the help we need to draw into the presence of God and receive what we need in that moment. Jesus will give you what you need. And you can come into, now watch this. So in the olden days, the people were here. The priest was here. And he went into the presence of God. What he's saying is now we have a new high priest. And in, in 1 Peter, in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 9, the Bible says, Now, every one of you who follows Jesus, you're a priest. And Jesus is your high priest. Now watch this. Now, symbolically, what happens is, Jesus, as our high priest, takes all of us, picks us up, brings us like this, and walks us straight into the presence of God and says, you talk to God. You talk to him. I'm standing here with you. I'm making you right. I'm giving you a place here. And the Bible says that you can talk directly to God because Jesus is your high priest. Isn't that powerful? I hope you understand how powerful that is. All throughout, all throughout the Old Testament, people... People could talk to God, but there was a process through which they had to go that was very difficult and strenuous. And it was a, there was a constant reminder that God is there, and I'm here, and I just can't quite get to him. And what Jesus has done is he's closed the gap. Hey, little man, what's your name? Can I, can I borrow you a second? Oh, yeah, I remember you. I met you once. It's like this. Can this only be just for a second? How old are you? Eleven. Eleven, all right. So it's like you said J.C. or Jesse? J. JT, I met you at the drink machine yesterday. You remember that? You remember? I, I remember. Okay, so JT, JT represents the people, and God, God is represented by the stool, okay? I'm not a good illustrator. All right, the stool, JT's the people. And here's what, so, so see this? He can't get there. Here's what Jesus does. Give me your hands, both of them, both of them. No, like, lock, like, I'm going to pick you up. Ready on three, jump, one, two, three. I'm going to bring him right into the presence of God right here. And now you just, you just work it out, okay? I'll stand here while you work it out. <laughs> See that? Okay, you can go down. Thanks, dude. That was awesome. So, so he's coming into the presence of God. Like Jesus brings us literally into the presence of God. See that? Where it used to be, God, JT. And the priest is like, ah, I hope I don't screw this up. Okay, hold on, dude. I got you. Uh, let me wait. I gotta, first, I got to deal with myself. Okay, God, I'm an idiot, and I'm a sinner, and here's some blood for me. Okay, and JT, this guy. And the priest, and what happens is some of the priests messed up sometimes. 
And some of the priests were sinners themselves in a terrible way. And some of the priests were good-hearted men, but they still made mistakes. Now we got a high priest named Jesus who said, I'm in the presence of God. Me and the Father are one. Boom, here you are. You, here you go. You're with us. And that's what Hebrews 4.16 is saying. We can go right into the throne room of God because of Jesus. Isn't that cool? Jesus is throughout the whole Old Testament. And I hope that after this weekend, when you leave here and you study through the Old Testament, you'll understand that long before Jesus came into the world, he was doing his work to prepare the world. But I hope you'll also understand that now we get to look back and see what that work was and receive the benefit of all that Jesus has done. And we no longer have to listen to just a prophet or have a king protect us. We have a priest go before us, but now we have the king of kings that we serve. We have the final prophet and his word, and we have a great high priest named Jesus who brings us into the presence of God because he's made us righteous. Is that good? Okay, let's pray, and I'll give you some directions. Lord, thank you for these students and leaders and staff, all these people that are here. God, you've been good to us, and you've given us an awesome weekend, and you've, you've blessed us with your presence both through the hearing of your word, and sometimes we'd be singing songs to you about you, and Sometimes we'd be in share groups talking about you, and uh, sometimes we're just having a good time playing on the swings or doing some paintball or going skiing, whatever it is, God, you've, you've given us this, this retreat, this time away to, to turn our energy and our focus away from the day-to-day life. I pray, most importantly this morning, we leave here understanding what it is to follow Jesus and what it is that you're our great high priest and you're our prophet and you're our king and help these students to really form a deeper understanding of that and respond to it accordingly i pray now you'd bless our final time of discussion and sharing and and help us we pray lord and and give these students what they need to go back into their lives and, and to live for you give them victory over temptation and help them to be strong in your word in jesus name we pray all guys people said amen y'all take a break hit that final share group all right